0: But we've been in a series called Spiritual Warfare And a lot of times when people think Spiritual Warfare We think we're going to chase down demons And we're going to cast them out of everything And, and, and all this stuff But I know I've taken this in a little different direction But A lot of the spiritual warfare That we fight Is actually within ourselves Amen. What, what, what gets me Dave either one of you what gets me is how many times people want to run out and fight the demons out there before they've ever tackled the demons in here <clears throat> these mindsets that we've built up let's go if you will to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 I promise y'all I had a voice yesterday didn't I (laughs) surely in 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 he said for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they're not temporary they're not fleshly um, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down now here's the here's the strongholds Casting down what? Imaginations. Imaginations. He wants you to get control of your own thoughts. He said, pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, you need to cast down every thought, every imagination. That says to you about you the opposite of what God's word says about you. The opposite of what Holy Spirit says about you. He said against against the very knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity. What are we bringing into captivity? Every thought funny how this is missed most of the time when we talk about the weapons of our warfare? When he tells you what those weapons are for. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ who is the word. So he wants us to grab a hold of those imaginations and those thought life. And see that's what I'm saying we're going out here and we're trying to uh, We're trying to change the world when we haven't changed ourselves yet. You know, I've said this, (laughs) I've said this once if I've said it a hundred times. We go out and what we've done is we've set ourselves up as the big giant police of people's behaviors. And so we tell them, just come on into the house of God and just quit doing what you're doing. Well if your mindset don't, doesn't change because you know our action are simply a result of a faulty mindset. You'll only produce out of your life what's going on in your spirit and in your mind. What you think on huh, is what you'll become. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. We've been talking about the armor of God and how every believer should put these things on. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. against the the world's rulers and the darkness of this age against spiritual wickedness in high places therefore now here we go after I chew this mint so I don't choke to death in front of you therefore take to yourself the whole armor of God That you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, therefore stand, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now if you've missed these messages, you can go to our website and listen to them, okay? They're on there. And above all, we're in verse 16. And above all, take the shield of faith with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now looking, looking, praying always, that means your whole life should be a prayer. Not just moments of prayer, but your whole life should act as a communication to God. He said, praying always with all prayer, that means all types of prayer, and supplication. How? In the Spirit. Now that takes some people backwards. God tells you there, He wants you to pray in the Spirit. (laughs) Amen. We'll get into that some other day. But he wants you to pray in the Spirit. He said, praying always with all prayer in the Spirit, and supplication in the Spirit, and watching to this very, and watching to this very thing with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Go back to verse 16, because this is where we we'll to pick up today. Verse 16, he said, Above all, take the shield of, of faith with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked above all why everything else has been about what you're taking into yourself controlling thoughts and, and things like this what you're going to do with the shield of faith is you're actually going to be able now to come to sustain and defend yourself when the enemy fires all these things back at you. So he says, take the shield of faith. So what is faith? Let's define faith real quick. Faith simply means a firm persuasion. It means you're convinced. As convinced as Pierce is, that his name is Pierce, I can't talk him out of it. No, your name's not Pierce. He's probably going to say, that's probably probably his middle name. He's like, dummy. I said, no, your name's not Pierce. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And what's he gonna do? He's gonna begin to produce proof. Here's what my driver's license says. Here's what my birth certificate says. Here's what my college degree says. Uh, you, you know, my name is Pierce. And I will never be able to talk about it. See, when you take on the shield of faith, faith is simply you being so, presu- pres- so persuaded about what God's word says and that it's true that nobody can talk you out of God's word nobody can talk you out of what God says about you nobody can talk you out of who you are in Christ because it has been revealed to you and there's nothing that can happen and so with that you shield yourself you are so convinced our problem is with the body of Christ most of us are not even convinced that Jesus loves us come on come on So we need Shirley to sing it at the end of worship. <laughs> We're not convinced that our past is forgiven. How do you, well, how do you know? Because I watch people go around still feeling guilty for what they did years ago. Let's get that, no, no. I watch people feel guilty for what they did yesterday. Somebody come to me one time and said, you don't know what I've done and that's why I've I've, I've developed that phrase that God doesn't care what you've done, where you did it or who you did it with and they said I said well and this was you know just a couple days before I said well what'd you do about it well as soon as I did it I said God that wasn't right that's hurting me Uh, forgive me that's what repentance is is changing your mind that that what I did was not good and I said, so you ask God. He said, yeah. And so then we have to go over into 1 John. He says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. And we say, yes, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we say, yes, yes, yes. But we don't believe it we don't have faith in it, or you wouldn't walk around with this burden strapped on you for the last X amount of years, determined, I used to be this, I was this, I'm bad. No, you're not. Amen. So faith is when you become firmly persuaded about what God says about you, and you can't be talked out of it. Amen. It's an assurance. It is when you are firmly convicted. It's a firm conviction. (laughs) It is a guarantee. It is assurance. Now Thayer's defines it this way. It is the conviction of the truth of anything. Well, I believe God's word. If we really believed it, we'd be convinced of it. Come on. My wife was talking to someone one time about healing, about God being a healer. And they sat Denise for 2 hours. While they just threw scripture at him after scripture at him after scripture at him after scripture at him. Scripture at him. And finally at the end of it, he said, "Well, I know the Bible says that, but I just can't believe it." Uh. Listen, we look at that like, oh, how in the world? We do the same thing. Well, how could God forgive me of this? And how did God forgive me of that? I just don't think so. I should still carry that. We have this old mindset that we should still somehow carry the guilt of a past that has already been forgiven. Oh. <laughs> He says, it's a conviction of the truth of anything. It is a belief. It is a belief with the predominant idea of trust. Faith shows that you trust God. Amen. And finally, it is confidence. So there's some interesting words in 1 Corinthians there, or 2 Corinthians there, about, he says, take the shield of faith. See, you have to take the shield of faith. Well, so we're going to look at it. You've got. I, I. I just need God to give me faith. Look at me now. Hear me later. No. <laughs> look at. You do not need to pray for more faith. Amen. You do not need God to give you faith. Amen. He's already given it to you. Amen. Our problem is is I, if, if if Ted gave me a mint, and he's standing there going like this. If I don't walk over and take that thing and use it, it does me no good. Faith the same way. God stood in front of us and he gave us Jesus' very own faith. In Mark chapter 11 verse 22, it's not going to be on your screen. He says, verily I say unto you, have faith in God. The original language of that, Dan, says have the faith of God. God gave you his faith. And for us to say that I don't have faith is for me to say to God, I refuse to pick up what you have freely given. Amen. And so, he says here, take the shield of faith. It's something you've got to put in your own hand. The word take means to receive from another. It means to grasp or take possession of a thing. And that's what he's telling you there to do with faith. You've got to take it. Nobody can shove it in your hand. Ted can walk up and stuck up mint in my pocket. I would wonder why he's putting his hand in my pocket, but you know. (laughs) But that's still not going to do me no good because as soon as he forces it on me, I'm going to say, here, I don't want that. So when he says take up the shield of faith, it is something that faith, you have to take authority over. You have to take. It's something that is carried in the hand. It's something that's used to protect your body. A shield is something that must be an act of your will to use what God has already given you. Amen. Well, I don't have anything to do with it. It's all Jesus' faith. That's right. But if you choose not to use it, ah, come on, it's your will. Go to Romans chapter 12. I want to show you this real quick. Romans chapter 12. He says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sound judgment now look here according to the measure of faith that God has distributed to every man now you'll see a lot of translations and a lot of people will take that and say according to the amount of faith God has given to you but see, what that leads our brain to say is what if he's given Tyler more than he gave me? You say, well, I don't believe God would do that. We all do because I don't know how many times I've heard people sit back and pray, man, I wish I had faith like Becky. Man, I wish I had faith like D. I wish I had faith like you do. He says, God has given to every man the measure of faith. In other words, all the faith you ever need God has already given you. <sighs> God has already placed it in your hand and according to Mark 11 it's His faith. He has already put His faith in you. Now you've got to understand what you carry now. The same faith that stepped out into a blackened universe, what before a universe ever was and went and stars flew out of his nostrils the word says and he named them when they went out you're looking at the very faith that stood at the edge of existence and said let there be and there was we see his story in Genesis Chapter one, verse two. and God said, and there was, and God said, and there, He never questioned if His word would come to pass. He has faith in His own word. Now, our problem is is we don't realize that God has given us His faith. You're not, you're not going to get more. Just, we just need to learn how to use it, Sally. And I'm telling you, some people are great in using it with healing. Never sick a day. Some of us are weak in that area. Listen, I got two babies in here. You know that they. You look at me, and you look at Briar. You know she. I don't have any more muscle than she has. We're born with the same muscles. She has the same muscles that I have. What what the difference is, is when you begin to exercise something, it begins to grow. So if God has given to every man the measure of faith, then what we have to do is take into our possession that faith and begin to exercise it over different parts of our life. And that's how your faith gets stronger. You don't get more faith. You just build on what you already have. So it's already been given to you. Go to Hebrews 11, verse 6. I'm reading now the expanded version for this. <laughs> Hebrews 11, verse 6. And without faith, now whose job is it to take up faith? It's yours. So without taking faith, without faith, no one can please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he is real he exists and that he rewards those who truly want to find him earnestly sincerely seek him but we have to realize without using this faith it's not pleasing to God So what about when I say, God, give me faith? I'm not using it then, am I? Folks, I'm telling you, this is one of the biggest things for the church to grasp. Is because we're trying to have all this faith and we're praying, God, send it, God, send it, God, give it to me, God, give it to me. And we've yet to realize that He has already given it to you. And now you are... Now you and I are responsible for this because now we've seen it in the Word Amen. that it's yours. Yes. And if you don't use it, then that's on you. Amen. Uh, come on. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. Again, out of the expanded version. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. It says, because everyone who is a child of God conquers, defeats, overcomes the world. Everyone, say that, are you part of everyone? Then guess what your destiny is, is to defeat, to conquer, and to overcome the world. It's not meant to beat you down. It's not meant to wear you out. It's meant for you to reach faith and stand faith up in front of you so that when the enemy comes, you are convinced of God's Word and all of those thoughts, all of those negative fiery darts, they come, they hit, they bounce off because I am convinced that I am meant to rule, I am meant to reign, I am meant to defeat, to overcome the world. it's just taking faith and this is the victory the conquest that conquers, defeats and overcomes the world, what? our faith what's going to overcome the world? your faith when you take that shield so we can't allow fear or discouragement or Offense, or anything like that to cause us to lay down faith because anything that can be picked up can be laid down if I pick this bottle up I'm, I'm going to use it right now but if I lay it down it's no longer of use to me faith the same way we, we, we can take faith and then when discouragement comes and a hard time comes and all this stuff comes all of a sudden we find ourselves laying it down and going I guess that just wasn't God's will <laughs> well maybe God didn't mean that for me maybe he meant it for Sandy but he didn't mean it for me maybe God just loves Karen more than he loves me I don't know I don't, so what are we doing there? we're laying faith down Folks, if you can find it in God's Word, it's yours. And any time that we start believing that it's not is when we are starting to lay faith down because anything that can be picked up can be laid down. Amen. Come on. Hebrews chapter 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. He says, so don't throw away your confident, trust, in God which sounds like what faith so don't throw away your confident trust in God which has a great reward so you can throw it away well I'm just not gonna have faith anymore I figured it out God's gonna do what God wants to do we're all just giant pawns You know what that is? That's laying faith down. And here is a warning in Hebrews don't throw away that confidence, that trust, that faith. Verse 23, jump up a few verses about seven. A few verses, same chapter. He said, We must continue to hold firmly to our declaration of faith. In, In the same chapter, here's two warnings don't let go of faith. Brother Hagin used to tell us in school, keep the switch of faith turned on. Like a light switch. You can go back there and kill the lights. He said, keep it turned on. Here, Paul's telling us, don't throw it away. Don't cast it off. Don't get rid of it so fast. He said, we must continue to hold firmly to our declaration of faith. The one who made the promise is faithful the one who made the promise is faithful maybe we're not convinced of that and we're not convinced of that then we start laying our faith down and then when the enemy starts firing all these negative fiery darts these things that hit us we have no protection Mark chapter Six, folks if you can hold on to your declaration hold on to your faith it'll work but it has to be picked up and we can't and, and no one can force it into our hands nobody can make me use faith I can't make my daughter sitting here use faith she's 22 years old she's got to figure it out for herself now amen She's going to have to learn how to take faith and not lay it down. Okay. Started to meddle, but I decided not to. Mark chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus says, He couldn't do any miracles there. Now, you got to understand, this is when Jesus went back into His own hometown, where He was from. And then He offended everybody what he was doing and the town people start to say wait a minute wait a minute this is carpenter joseph's boy yep. his mom's sitting right here in church with us his sisters are right here his brothers are right here we're all nowhere in the temple we know this kid yep. see so what were they doing they had also heard of all the miracles they had also heard of everything that he had done, but because they knew him, they began to lay faith down. Yeah. <laughs> and he says that in his own town, he said he could not do any miracles there except he lay hands on a few sick folk and heal them. Verse six, and he was amazed because of their unbelief. It shocked him how much they didn't believe faith has to be taken you have to take it in your own hands real quickly let's look at how to use the shield of faith because I got some things I want to do here in a minute in Jude verse 20 if you're looking for a chapter you won't find it Jude is one chapter long it's right back there beside Revelation if you never turned your Bible back there in Jude verse 20 from the, uh, the Living Bible, he says, but you, dear friends, must build up your lives even more strongly. So who's responsible? Now think what we talked about with faith, building muscle, me and Briar. So who is responsible for building your life? Come on now. Say it again, Alice. You. Thank you. He said, so you, beloved, dear friends, must build up your lives even more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith. Now, how do I do this? Learning to pray in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Folks, you need to start studying Start looking about what it means to pray in the Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, and these, will, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. Amen. There's something about praying in other tongues yeah, is. that when... I, I, wish, I, I wish I'd show you the video. They actually put people in a... In a CT machine or something like that I can't remember what it was and they asked them Brent to begin to pray in other tongues and they would monitor the brain waves and in that instance as these people were forming words and praying in other tongues the part of the brain that actually produces speech was almost dead flat why? Because at that point, you're not praying with your brain anymore. It's a spirit. Now I'm talking, they didn't do this with one person. They did this with multiple people. This was an ABC or CBS 1 dateline. You've seen it? Uh, Uh study that they did they put people why because see there's something to build up your faith when you begin to pray and you begin to understand that I am connecting with God not through my own words but I am connecting with him on a spiritual place all of a sudden faith begins to rise because you know you're no longer operating in the realm of the natural so Jude says here build up your most holy faith I think King James version says by praying in the Holy Ghost by praying in the Holy Ghost go to Romans chapter 10 the next thing you need to do a lot of information, short message Romans chapter 10 verse 17 the next thing about using the shield of faith verse 17 says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God you want to continue to build up your faith begin to have a steady diet of the word of God I just don't like reading my bible come to me we'll find you one that you can understand come on now don't forget This should be a daily diet. Yep. But this only reveals the real Word, who is Jesus. This reveals Him. And when you have a daily diet, so He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So if you want to really learn how to use that faith, this needs to become part of your life. Praying in another Praying in, others, in the Spirit should become part of your daily life. I ask my kids all the time when they come to me. Oh, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. I say, well, when's the last time you started praying in the Spirit? Yeah. <laughs> then say, well, have you read? Have you been in the Word? Why? Because all this does is supernaturally begin to build your faith. This is what the Word says. I want you to notice something here. Because I want to point something out. Because here's where a lot of people say, "Well, Jesus is the Word." Absolutely. And if this was talking about Him, that W on front of that word right there would have been capitalized. Amen. Because that's His name. There are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word and the Holy Spirit. It's capitalized there. Lots of other times when you look, it's capitalized. He's talking about Jesus. There, it's not. The Roman soldiers, don't go to that picture yet. Just go to our spiritual warfare picture. Uh, Bob, there you go. When the Roman soldiers would go to war, their shield was called a and I'm, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong because I'm West Virginian a Scudum S-C-U-T-U-M That's as close as I know how to do it and it was almost as large as a door it would cover from about mid-shin up to about right here and it was designed to cover their whole body and, and, and it was not just a defensive weapon, it could be used as an offensive weapon as they begin to push into, into the, the army that they're facing. And when fighting in this position, they had a certain position, a fighting stance that they would take. It was called a testido. It's the place where we get the word tortoise from. And so what would happen when they took up their shields, Rachel, they would fight in this, they would get in this position called a testido. And so these shields that were usually made of wood, where did it go off at just then okay so they would get in this position called a tustido. and, and they would since the shields were mostly wood because that's what they could carry they would wet them now don't tell me that Paul didn't know what he was talking about about quenching the fiery darts what puts out water um, what puts out water what puts out fire water So when Paul says, take the shield of faith, how many of you remember the Scripture, one will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand? We remember Matthew 18, where he says where two or three are gathered together in my name. He's talking about prayer there, remember? He said, there I'm in the midst. When Paul's talking about taking the shield of faith, when we join up with others, here's what it looked like. That is the tortoise. The tustido. So what happens is not only am I covered from my lower shin, and they can see out the front, but when I bring Lana in to begin to agree with me and have faith with me and can, she can, we're praying the same prayer and we're doing the same thing, we're declaring the same thing, then all of a sudden we start looking like that. And the more we bring in, we become this horrid looking thing they do this when they knew the enemy was firing flaming arrows that's what it looked like and God says take the shield of faith let faith be a complete shield over you and in this formation the shield of faith it's more than just this It's being completely surrounded by God. You are so convinced of God, so convinced of what His Word says, that when the enemy tries to fire you, you are completely hidden by faith. You can't be seen anymore because you're in the shell. This is faith. Last Scripture, Psalms 3. Psalms 3, verse 3, and I'm reading out of the message because, you know... I can. (laughs) Psalms 3, verses 3 through 4 out of the message says this, But you, God, shield me on all sides. Flip back to that picture. But you, God, shield me on all sides. Go back to that verse. You ground my feet... You lift my head high and with all my might I shout up to God. Oh, look what he does. And he, his answers thunder from the holy mountain. Go back to the picture. But you, God, shield me on all sides and you shall be able to stand against the fiery darts of the wicked take up the shield of faith it's yours it's free God's already given it to you but you're going to have to grab it you're going to have to run with it and be so convinced of God that nothing can talk you out of it amen let's pray Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. You are glorious and grand, holy and righteous and just. You are my beginning. You are my end. You surround me on all. You shield me on all sides. I thank you that whatever the enemy throws will not prevail against us. We thank you, Father, that you're doing a great thing in all of our lives. And we look forward to it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.